listening to The Journey Podcast. The Journey is a college and young adult ministry of South Crest Baptist Church. We hope this podcast helps you find your greatest pleasure and purpose in Jesus. I'm going to grab a seat. It's so good to see you all tonight. Who is, after today, who is ready for summer? Man, like, in some ways I like the cold weather, but man, I'm ready for summer. <laughs> so, I think something that we could all agree upon about the human spirit, about human nature, is that all of us love a good, and I'm using this word intentionally, I'm not trying to be goofy, all of us love a good journey, right? So, yes, a hallelujah. Um, and I think as part of the re- this summer when we were kind of rebranding and thinking about, hey, we want to make sure it's not just about college students, but it's also about young adults because, like, young adults seem like there's churches, us included, often forget that period of you graduate college, but you don't really consider yourself single yet. And so, um, anyways, we started re- thinking about rebranding and what that would look like. And one of the reasons I love the name The Journey, a lot of reasons, but one of them is because of what I just mentioned, that all of us have this, this desire, this love for a good journey, for a good adventure, right? And some of them, like it doesn't, I think we often associate that word with just outdoor activity, but it's not just that, right? Like sometimes it's a lie. Like going to college is in and of itself a new journey, right? Like it's an adventure for good or bad for some of you, right? <laughs> um, it's a journey. It's, a, it's an adventure. So what I want us to do for a moment is with the people around you, just take a few, a few seconds to discuss. When you think about a journey, an adventure, and it could be of any kind, um, what are some of the things that you love about being on a journey? So, so for some people, just, uh, just to give you an example, this is not necessarily where I'm going tonight, but as an example, and maybe it's the community on, that happens on a journey, right? Like even That's why I think people love even going on a, a, uh, a road trip if you're not alone because something about being on the road together on a journey and being in community with those people. You with me? So take a moment just with the people around you to discuss what are some of the things that you love about being on a journey. Go ahead and do that. All right, uh, so tell me, what are some of, if you don't mind, a few, a few brave souls. You know, I'm not going to ask you follow-up questions. Well, I may. I don't know. But a few brave souls, raise your hand. Tell me what's something you love about being on a journey. Just a very quick answer. Yes, sir. James. Um, seeing how God can move in our lives. Seeing how God can move in your life. Awesome. Okay. What else? Awesome answer. It doesn't have to be spiritual, but awesome answer. Yes, sir. It breaks up the ordinary. It breaks up the ordinary. Absolutely. What else? The challenge. The challenge? Yeah. Hopefully, if it's not challenging, this, all right, I don't know what the is, but what else? Uh, back there, B. Walsh. The food. Anybody in here like food? Hallelujah. Did y'all get some hot chocolate tonight? Chick. The food. Okay, what else? What else? Any, any other, anybody else? Oh, back there, sorry. New inside jokes. New inside jokes. Hope to be a part of one someday. 
Office reference, anybody? <laughs> um, yeah, okay, well, I'll, I'll give an opportunity for one more. Anybody else, real quick? Uh, yes, sir. Charlie, that's my boy Charlie. I remembered, I told you. Memories, yes, the memories. Get you in the feels, right? The memories. Yes. Um, I think another one, we're thinking about adventure, being on a journey, is the element of surprise, right? That the surprise, I think, Matt, you said challenge. I think that sometimes a challenge has the element of surprise of not knowing. Um, I think about, so again, just to we can all get on the same page, it doesn't have to be an outdoor thing. I think about when, when I showed up at Lauren's doorstep, April will be eight years ago. No, that's not true. October was eight years ago that I showed up to, to propose that night. And what I didn't do was like show up and she said, what are you doing here? And um, she really did say that. But I didn't, by the way, Lauren's my wife. She's over there in case she's like, who's Lauren? Um, but she, what I didn't do is say, hey, you know what? Let me go ahead and just give you a, a moment by moment bullet point plan of what this journey is going to look like tonight. Like, no, part of the fun was getting in the car and her going, where are we going? And going, I'm not telling you, right? Like, I didn't blindfold her or anything. But part of the, part of the fun of a journey is, is the element of surprise. Um, now, thinking about journeys in general, I, I, again, you probably know where this is going, but I do think that, so when we were rebranding and thinking about names, in addition to the fact that life as a journey it just makes sense, but also the Christian life is definitely a journey, right? There's highs and lows. There's challenges. There's uh, memories for sure, and there's also certainly um, surprises sometimes. Anybody with me? <laughs> sometimes there's surprises because I don't know if you know this. Like, if we're as, if all the Christians in the room can just kind of agree with me, assuming you agree, um, that sometimes being a Christian is just weird, right? Like you have to do weird things, or even like God does some weird things. Are you with me? Or we just I'm not sure what's really going on here, but God seems to be doing something. And, and one of those being sometimes. I feel like God uh, leads you to do something or to say something or to react to something that just seems odd and you're not sure where he's going with it. Does that make sense? Like we, maybe you describe it sometimes as like that little prompt or little nudge from the Holy Spirit where you're like, I think God may be like, telling me to do something. You with me? Like it's, it's exciting because it's surprising. It's, it's a fun journey, but it can also be really scary and really difficult. And there's a dude uh, in Scripture in Acts chapter 8. It's where we're going to be tonight. Acts chapter 8. Uh, the guy's name is Philip. And he absolutely would have something to say about this. Because Philip definitely <laughs> had uh, a journey with the Lord where he had to obey in some ways that were kind of interesting. And so we're going to be in Acts chapter 8 checking this out. And we're going to be in verse 26 uh, in just a moment. Again, this is Philip. If you're like, who's Philip? So he was, remember in I think Acts uh, chapter 6, where the seven were chose to help with the, with the ministry. Stephen was one of those. We talked about him last week. Philip was one, another one of those who was, um, you could say, ordained to help with the ministry there in the early church. And uh, he's been going around preaching, if you read in chapter 8, and God's been using him. But <clears throat> in verse 26, it kind of turns a corner, and this kind of comes out of nowhere. Uh, we're going to jump into verse 26. It says, Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Rise and go toward the south to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a desert place. <laughs> Think about this for a moment. We don't have the full context. We don't know where, what Philip was doing. Was he sitting down, lying down, walking? But God just shows up in, in a moment and says, Philip, I want you to go 
to the south, go to Gaza. And by the way, this is a desert place. (laughs) This is like when you're just kind of hanging out and all of a sudden you feel that little nudge from the Holy Spirit and he's like, hey, maybe I want you to go and consider like going to school at this certain place or maybe move into this city or maybe you don't really know why, but God all of a sudden brings someone to mind that you should pray for. You ever had that happen? Or maybe... uh, You just, for whatever reason, feel like you should go to this particular place to study or to do some work, and you're not really sure if it's the Holy Spirit, like, tapping you on the shoulder, or if you just ate some bad Mexican food for lunch, you know what I'm saying? And you're just like, I'm not sure, like, is is it the Holy Spirit? Is this God? Or is this just me? And I love it in this passage. So notice, again, I, I probably read it a little fast, but if you look at it in verse 26, God doesn't... He didn't tell Philip why he was supposed to go. He just said, hey, Philip, get up, go to the south, to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. And then Luke helps us out and says, hey, this is a desert place. So I think it's a fair question if you're Philip, like, why do you want me to go to a desert, right? God says, just get up, go, go to this desert place. Doesn't really tell him why. Doesn't tell him what he was going to be doing. Just says, go and do that. (laughs) And if you keep reading, it says, Verse 27, that Philip rose and went. Now, it's interesting. Uh, when he got to the desert, says verse, uh, continuing in verse 27, there was an Ethiopian, a eunuch, a court official of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who was in charge of all her treasure. He had come to Jerusalem to worship, and he was headed back to Gaza. <laughs> so Philip gets to this desert place, and lo and behold, as random as it is, and maybe even seeming purposeless, Philip was not the only person there, right? He sees this Ethiopian traveling in this chariot. And by the way, this is not just like random dude. This is what is random. This is not just like your average Ethiopian man who was a foreigner in Israel. This, this is a man who says was in charge of all in Ethiopia, all of the queen's money. So this is not, again, not just in anybody. This is a somebody, a man of distinction, a man of authority, a man of power, a man of money, riding in his chariot. And at that time, it would not have been, especially a man of that power and stature, it would not have been just him. It would have been him and probably one or two people driving the chariot, accompanying him, providing safety, providing direction, really taking care of him since he's big time, right? He's taking care of all the queen's money. So Philip, again, he randomly, well, not randomly, according to the Lord's direction, goes to this, what seems to be a really random place to the desert, doesn't know why he's there, doesn't know what he's supposed to do, and then he sees this Ethiopian traveling along in a chariot, which is kind of odd, because he's, where is he? He's in a desert. Here's this really rich man, like powerful leader from a different country, traveling in a chariot. Can't imagine, we don't know what Philip's thoughts were, but that's odd, that's that's weird. And if you look at verse 29, I love this. And the Spirit said to Philip, go over and join this chariot. <laughs> I don't, we don't know what Philip's feelings were, but I can tell you what mine would have been. Bro, for real? <laughs> like, he just might, first, I, I, come, I came to the desert, and now this man's going by in a chariot, and you want me to go over and join his chariot? Why did I tell you that would be my feelings? Because that's what I do now, I feel like. When the Lord, like, nudges me. So let's say I'm at a coffee shop or even just walking around and I sense the Lord kind of tapping me like, hey, you should go talk to that person. My immediate reaction is always like, 
that can't be the Lord. That's got to be something I ate. Like, I'm in a funk today. I don't know what that's about. Anyone else willing to say that's you sometimes? You don't have to raise your hand, but... Let me stop for a second. This idea of like prompting, hearing the Holy Spirit like tap on your shoulder, this is a feeling. I should say you don't hear him tap on your shoulder like knock, knock. But sensing that leading, this is, this is super new to me, and I'm trying to figure this out. But according to this passage, this is a thing. <laughs> you track it with me? Of God saying, hey, go to this place. Not going to really tell you why you're going. Not going to really tell you what you're going to do. But I want you to go to this place. And then you being wherever. And then him saying, hey, see that person over there? Go talk to them. Like apparently this is a thing that happens at least occasionally. You with me? And I'm just being honest with you. I think I know you pretty well. Even just as a, even if I haven't met you. It's human nature. That if you're, even as a follower of Christ. That all of us when that happens. Most of us tend to be like. God, I think, God, I think you heard wrong. God, did you get enough sleep last night? Like, like, I don't think I'm supposed to go do that. This is going to be awkward. What if I go over there and they just look at me like I'm a freak? God, do you, are you sure you want me to go over there and talk to that person? That's typically my feeling, my emotion. Now, it gets better. When, when Philip, again, he's much better than I, it says he actually obeyed. And so, again, I can't imagine, like, here's this, oh, I always trip on that. Sorry, Angel. <laughs> Here's this guy riding in the, in the chariot, and I can't imagine, like, the courage it may have taken to, like, t- to randomly in the middle of the desert go up to this chariot. But as it says, and if you read the text, um, you can see this in verse 29 and 30. As he, re- as he gets close to the chariot, he hears the Ethiopian reading out loud. It was the custom. It says that he was reading, but we know that Philip heard him because it was the custom in that culture to read out loud when you, when you read something. And so... Philip gets close to the chariot, and he realizes that the Ethiopian is reading from the book of Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah. So this is interesting. Like, this random guy is actually reading Scripture. He's reading God's Word. And I love it. So what Philip does, he goes up, and we could take note here. He asks a question, but his question makes me laugh. Because I think the natural thing would be to go up and even if you know what they're reading, to go up to the person and say, hey, what you reading? But Philip, either bold or socially awkward, I don't know, walks up and says, do you understand what you're reading? <laughs> Which is awesome. Like, can you imagine you're on, like, you're on the airplane beside somebody and they're reading and like, you don't ask, what are you reading? You say, do you understand what you're reading? <laughs> like, that's, that's, that's pretty bold, right? Like you go up to somebody at J&B or Sugar Browns or whatever, and you're like, bro, do you even understand that? Like, that's just awkward to me. Now, I don't think Philip was being rude. I don't think he was, he was just being bold. So, because he's starting to pick up that perhaps God is doing something. So he walks up and he says, hey, do, do, you, do you understand what you're reading? And the Ethiopian did something that would not have been normal at that time. It says in, in verse 31, he said, how can I, excuse me, how can I, how can I understand unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. Y'all, that, was, that would not have been the normal thing. Like as a, as a person of stature and from a different country and of authority and power and wealth, he could have easily just brushed Philip off, right? But instead he said, again, Philip asked this bold question, do you understand what you're reading? And the Ethiopian says, Hey, actually, bro, wait, again, I need to put the same bro. <laughs> he said, actually, I don't understand. I need someone to guide me. Hey, why don't you hop in the chariot and we'll ride a little bit together? Like, we'll cruise, windows down, right? Like, 
<laughs> Dad didn't have windows. Um, that's crazy. I, I think, again, it doesn't say, but I think this is common sense. I think in that moment, I can just imagine Philip's heart like starting to be a little bit faster. Like, man, God is doing something. Like, he's reading Isaiah. He actually said he wants someone to explain it to him. And then now he's letting me ride in the chariot. And then something so cool happens. Check out verse 32. Now, the passage of the scripture that he was reading was this. It's from Isaiah 53. Like a sheep, he was led to the slaughter. And like a lamb before its shear is silent, so he opens not his mouth. In his humiliation, justice was denied him. Who can describe his generation? For his life is taken away from the earth. Now, I'm going to read a little bit more of Isaiah 53. It says, Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds, we are healed. We are all like sheep. Excuse me, all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. So he's reading that text from Isaiah 53. And then it says, we get back to it. It says, verse 34, the eunuch, the Ethiopian, said to Philip, About whom, I ask you, does the prophet say this? About himself or about someone else? So, rightly so, the Ethiopian is intrigued. Who is this passage about? Because if you keep on reading in Isaiah 53, I didn't get to it. If you keep on reading, it says that this one that would suffer, that would offer peace, offer forgiveness, it says that he would eventually make the many righteous. That he, so righteous means made into a right relationship with God. This, so this one, whoever he is, that's going to suffer for people, he's going to offer People, the opportunity to have a relationship with God. That's what Isaiah 53 talks about. And here's the interesting thing. Isaiah 53 was, was written, not written, was written 700 years, about 700 years before the time of Christ. Guess who Isaiah 53 is about? It's about Jesus. It's a good time to give the, the church answer. Yes. It was written about Jesus. And the Ethiopian, again, Fair question, because this guy seems pretty important in Isaiah 53. Ask Philip, who was this written about? Who was Isaiah 53 about? And I can imagine Philip's going, this is awesome. <laughs> like, this is that moment when you're talking to somebody and uh, you've been praying for them, but you're not really sure they're ever going to respond. And then out of nowhere, they, seem, they just say, you know, you, girl, you have something different about you. What, what, what is it? Could you tell me what's different about your life? And you're going, what? what? Like, she really just asked that. Or when, when they say, hey, I've been thinking about what you said, and man, maybe I should go to church with you. Or, hey, can you tell me why you believe what you believe? In that moment, I think like, the bells start going off in your mind, like, oh my gosh, like, God is doing something here. And in that moment, what we should not do, we should not obsess over like, all right, here we go. It's game time, baby. Like, give me a second. Like, let's go. Come on. You got this. Right. No. You know, put on the war paint, John 316, Tim Tebow under your eyes. Like, or think, all right, what's the perfect presentation that I can give at this moment? No. Do what Philip did. I love it. Verse 35. 
Then Philip opened his mouth. <laughs> Just to remember, all through Acts, what do we keep seeing? That in these moments of opportunity or of trial, that who is in us to speak through us? Come on, let's do it a little better. Who is in us to speak in us and through us? The Holy Spirit says, so he opened his mouth. And beginning with this scripture, again, Jesus is all through scripture, Old Testament included. So beginning with Isaiah 53, he told him the good news about Jesus. Man, what a cool moment. Hey, who is this guy? I can just see Philip like, oh, man, this is so cool. He begins to talk about how awesome Jesus is, that Jesus offers grace and forgiveness and mercy no matter how jacked up you are, no matter how much of a mess you made of your life. Jesus made a mess of his life to offer salvation to you. And you may be flowing down some broken streams that lead to empty springs that have no water, but Jesus offers you an ocean of grace and mercy and love. That he is the savior of the world that came to redeem us by living the perfect life and then dying for us. It says, Philip began to tell the Ethiopian about the good news of Jesus. And I love it. Verse 36 says, as they were going along, so again, they're cruising along in this chariot. They're going along the road. They came to some water and the eunuch said, hey, here's some water. What prevents me from being baptized? Man, he's ready. He's heard the gospel. And I think he's saying, hey, like, I'm ready to, to demonstrate that I put my faith in Christ. Like, let's do this. So, aka, what happened to the Ethiopian? He got saved. <laughs> he met Jesus. Philip told him the good news of Jesus, and the Ethiopian responds and says, Man, I believe. Like, shoot, I'm ready to even get baptized. Like, he believed. I love it. It says, it gets a little interesting in verse 39. It says, so they baptized in verse 38 and then verse 39. And when they came up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord carried Philip away. And the eunuch saw him no more. I'm not going to lie. I don't think that's the, like, the focus of this passage. But I think something crazy supernatural happened there. I'm not really sure. We're not going to camp out there. Not because I'm afraid to, but I don't think that's the point. Anyways, interesting. Maybe the Holy Spirit will carry me away when I'm done. I'll just dip out of here. Anyways. Um, <laughs> But the, the Ethiopian went on his way rejoicing. Again, that's why I think the point is not about what happened to Philip, because the Ethiopian wasn't too worried about it either. <laughs> He's just like, bro, I met Jesus. This is awesome. So he, he, he continues on in his chariot rejoicing. And it says Philip later found himself at Azotus. Of, of, again, it's just funny the way that's worded. Like Philip's like, dang, where am I now, right? And then he says he went and preached the gospel there until he came to Caesarea. The beautiful truth. What happened when Philip was obedient to go to what seemed a really random place? I think God's calling me to go to the desert. Okay. When he obeyed and went there. And then when he obeyed, when the Lord said, hey, go talk to him. Okay, this is going to be awkward. But he went and talked to him. What happened? The Ethiopian came to know Jesus. It all started with just going to the desert, what, not knowing why, not, not knowing really how, what the purpose was. It seemed kind of random, but God was clearly doing something, right? Do you, do you see that in the story? This was not coincidence. I don't think at all that Philip would have been like, man, what an accident. What a coincidence that you're reading a passage about Jesus, and I'm here in the middle of the desert. We're running into each other. Man, sure it's crazy. Like, no. So it's almost like God is in control or something, right? God was at work. Listen, y'all. What happens when we follow the Lord's direction and what seem to be really random, what feels like just odd 
ways of him leading us and tapping on the shoulder, you know what happens? We get to join in with what God is already doing. We get to join in with the work of God. I think we have a little slide to help you if you want to write that down. I'll make sure you don't miss it. What happens when you follow the Lord's direction and these, what feels like random activity? Let me read it how I wrote it, sorry. What happens when you follow the Lord's direction to engage in what feels like random activity? You get to join in with what God is already doing. It may seem odd when God begins to tap you on the shoulder and say, hey, go talk to them. It may seem random. It may seem insignificant. But y'all, God is at work, and what he is doing is certainly not insignificant. You may not be like Philip. You may not always get to see the result and what God is doing, but we can know and trust that God is doing something. He's at work. He wants to lead us and direct us and to give us insight. I was thinking about this earlier today, like, how foolish and, and like, simple-minded of us to not believe that as we go throughout our day, God wants to interrupt us and say, hey, I got something for you over here. Man, how, how many opportunities do I miss out on because I don't expect God to do something like that? Now, I'll be honest, I kind of mentioned this earlier. Um, this this kind of idea of like being spirit-led and listening for the Lord's direction is super, is super like, I want to say new to me, but I'm trying to be more open to it. Like I feel like a lot in my life I've felt that and just been like, I don't know what that is. You, you with me? And I'll just like, if I can just be really honest. Uh, man, I, so this is technically South, not technically, I don't have to say that, Southcrest. So the journey is part of Southcrest. Southcrest is a Baptist church. And y'all, I wouldn't be a, a Southern Baptist if I didn't think Baptists get a lot right. Like, I think there's a lot of good things about being a Baptist. Like I'm not ashamed of it. Uh, it's not my banner. I'm a Christian. That's my banner. I'm a Jesus follower. But, but Baptists do a lot of good things. But one thing, if I'm just sure that we like, mm, and recently, uh, how do I say this? Historically, recently, because I don't know like, how far back this would be an issue, but at least in the past, let's say, 100 years, that we've not been so good at, We've been kind of afraid of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> you with me? So we kind of act like all I have is the Bible, which the Bible's awesome, but we kind of act like Holy Spirit, I don't know. It's, I'll, I'll meet you in heaven. I'm just going to do this, right? <laughs> like, no, the Holy Spirit's a real thing, and we need to quit ignoring him. You with me? And so that said, that kind of honesty, I want to give the, the point, the main point of this passage, I think, is this right here. But I want to give you a few, like, hopefully helpful things with this idea. If we can go to that next slide, Rylan, that'd be awesome. Um, I'm trying, thank you. I couldn't remember what it, what it said. <laughs> Reminders for doing random things you feel the Lord is leading you to do. I know that sounds odd, but I think it's supposed to. Because sometimes, again, when the Lord is, like, tapping you on the shoulder, it feels really random. But maybe the Lord's leading you to do something. So these are some concepts I think we should keep in mind. And I want to pause for a second again. Um, when I keep saying, like, the Lord's prompting, him nudging you, him tapping you on the shoulder. Uh, I don't, I think as a Christian, you know what I'm saying? If you're not a Christian, this probably seems like crazy talk, and I'll admit it, it seems a little crazy, right? But my response also would be, if God exists, and he does, but if God exists, he's all powerful, he can do anything he wants, right? So there are gonna be things that don't always make sense to me. Um, we could, if that bothers you, we can talk about that later. But I think sometimes it's just like this, if I could try to describe it, it's just this, maybe a thought or like something that comes to your heart and mind, and you really do sense it's the Holy Spirit. It wasn't just a thought. It wasn't like something random. It was like, no, I, I sense the Holy Spirit like leading me. 
Y'all with me? Again, I don't think that my job right now is to try to describe that feeling. But that's kind of what we're talking about. So some things to remember. Here's the first one. We'll put it on the screen. God chooses when he wants to tap you on the shoulder. So here's why I say that. You don't need to feel guilty about when you don't feel like he's tapping you on the shoulder. Does that make sense? And you can't force. It's like, all right, God, you will tell me who to talk to today. Like, you can't do that, right? God's God and you're not. So remember that God chooses when he wants to tap you on the shoulder and, and he'll do it. I want, I want to be listening for it. I want to be like aware and God, man, help me to open my eyes and my, my ears to listen. But I'm going to trust that he can do it when he wants to and I, I can't force him. Does that make sense? All right, let's go to the second one. Um, check it with Scripture. And I'm going to unpack this a little more than it's written there. But the first thing, check it with Scripture. If, <laughs> if you're not sure if it's the Lord, then check it with Scripture. So if you're like, man, I just sensed the Lord telling me to go punch that guy in the face. Like, probably not what the Lord's telling you to do, right? I love what Zach said. Man, if you didn't come Sunday night, you missed out. It was awesome. Zach was doing a deal on sharing Jesus without freaking out. And one of the things he said was when you were considering, like, man, should I share the gospel with this person? One, are they made in the image of God? Yes. <laughs> and two, does God love them? Was that the second one? Yeah, something like that. Scripturally, then I should share the gospel with them. So anytime you feel someone like the Lord tapping you on the shoulder, like, man, you should share the gospel with that person. It's definitely not the devil, right? <laughs> the devil's not like, man, go share the gospel. Like, no. Whether you ate something weird or maybe you're just having a thought, it doesn't matter. You know it's not the devil. And scripturally, you, you should be a witness, right? So check it with scripture. But here's what I would say too. Um, I, I wrote this down later in my notes because I wanted to unpack this a little more. Um, I, I would say it's not just that you check things with scripture, but part of hearing God's voice and like being aware of what that sounds like and even to use this word like feels like, part of that is beginning with diving into this all the time. Because every word on the page is God's breath. Amen. So if you're like, man, I don't feel God speaking to me. Well, hey, you got 60, 66 books right here to read through, right? God never talks to me. False. Boom, here it is, okay? False. What is, what is that from? I don't know. It doesn't, sorry. Man, everything, what is wrong with me? Everything's the office. Sorry. I need like an intervention. You're going to send me to counseling. Um, I'm, an, I'm an addict. Uh, anyways, the more you dive into the word, you begin to, be able to understand what God's voice sounds like, right? And I wholeheartedly believe this. As you begin to dig into Scripture and the truths penetrate your heart, the Holy Spirit bring, like, kind of draws those up out of you as you're walking throughout your day. Does that make sense? So it's not just check it with Scripture. It's begin with Scripture, okay? You've got to keep moving. Number three, I can act or you can act even when you don't feel led. So it's not like, man, I haven't shared the gospel in a year. just haven't sensed the Lord leading me. Like, that's stupid, and I'm maybe guilty of that, right? So it's not like you're, this is a permission thing. It's just, again, maybe sometimes God really is tapping you on the shoulder. So you can definitely share the gospel. You can definitely do things, live out your faith, even when you don't necessarily, quote, feel led. Um, this next one, moving quickly. Look people in the eyes and ask God to help you. I was talking on Saturday, Lauren and I were at this um, training deal with the company she works with, and there's a lady named Holly Beatonbow. I've mentioned Rick and Holly before, awesome folks, and very down to earth, but incredibly godly. And uh, Holly did this deal on telling your story, and I just had a question for Holly afterwards. So I went and sat with Holly, and um, 
sat down, which Holly's a close, like, she's like super, what's the word? She just, she's a very loving person, so she like pulls her chair knee to knee, and she's just talking with me. I'm like, oh gosh, like just because I'm not that kind of touchy kind of guy. Anyways, but we sit there and talk, and I said, Holly, you have this amazing gift. Like, you seem to be so um, good at being interested in people. And even, I feel like I said, even me personally, when I talk to you, I feel like you like see into my soul. It's kind of creepy actually, but I, was like, I feel like you just know what to ask. And like, it's almost like you're aware of what I'm struggling with. And we end up having these great conversations where God use, uses you in my life. And I said, I see you do that a lot. Like, Lauren works with her, and Lauren would agree, like, yes, yeah, she seems to do that all the time, like, just have this ability to all of a sudden have this amazing conversation with people, and God's working, and he's doing something, and she saw something that, that the rest of us didn't see, so I said, Holly, I know you're going to tell me it's the Holy Spirit, and it is, for sure, but I was like, there's got to be a secret to it, there's got to be, you're just good at this, there's got to be, come on, help me out, help me out, and she, of course, said, you're so sweet, you're so kind, but she said, what I do when I'm talking with people as I look them in the eye, and I'm listening, but I'm asking the Holy Spirit to help me out. Not to like, give me psychic powers or give me the, give me the dirty secrets, but Holy Spirit, man, help me. What do I need to ask them? What, what are they really saying? And she says, so I'm listening to them, and I'm, li and I'm getting chills thinking about it, because it's such a cool thing, and I'm listening to the Lord. And he just kind of guides me. She said, sometimes he just tells me just to be quiet. She said, we always were tempted to fill in the gaps and keep talking. Sometimes since the Lord telling me just to be quiet, she says, in that quiet, all of a sudden, they'll just break and start opening up what they're going through. And all of a sudden, they have a safe place to share, and God starts moving. She said, it just begins with looking them in the eyes. And as I'm listening, just asking the Lord to talk to me. That's really good advice. <laughs> How cool is that? Kind of goes back to caring for people. So I think a way we can, we can get better at like filling those nudges is even, not even, it doesn't have to always be random people, but as you're talking to people in that moment, kind of what you're kind of doing when you do what I talked about or what Holly said, you're kind of in that moment saying, God, are you nudging something? Are you like, are you telling me something here? Are you leading somewhere? And maybe it's just a simple conversation that never goes deep. Or maybe God's like, man, you guys are talking for a reason. And I'm about to do something. So cool. The fifth one, real quick, <clears throat> excuse me, is... Pause for dramatic effect. Do we have one more? I'll just read it to you. Oh, there it is. Choose expectation over fear. Choose expectation over fear. So choose to believe God's doing something, God's at work, rather than, oh, man, this is going to be so terrible. This is so awkward. What's going to happen? I'm going to be all by myself. No, choose to believe God's doing something. And I think, man, here's what I've done. I, I, I'm guilty of this probably within the past, like, 14, 15 days of, of feeling that nudge and then feeling like, well, God, like, what if that's not really you leading? <laughs> so, so let's play that out. Worst case scenario. Like, how dumb, does, how dumb does this sound? You go, you try to engage with somebody, you tell them Jesus loves them, you pray for them, but nothing really happens, and you walk away, you're like, sorry, God, I don't know why I shared the gospel with them. I don't know what I was thinking. Like, really, man, I can't believe I told them God loves them. Wrong person. Like, No! Even if you, my voice is cracking. Even if you, even if it's like God doesn't really do something in that moment, how foolish to walk away and go, Psh. all right, you start having a conversation, you're like, hey, I don't think I'm supposed to talk to you. See you later. Like, you know, no. Man, choose that even if you don't feel that nudge that God is do, God is at work. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. I think God wants to open our eyes tonight, like, hey, I'm doing stuff. Quit being scared. 
choose expectation over fear. I'm going to end with this. Often, let's, I want this little table and chair set up to, to represent whether it be going and talking to someone, whether it be going and uh, moving somewhere, or whether it be like going to, to do your study or work for some day, whatever it is, like this table representing that nudge. Does that make sense? That, man, I feel like God may be doing something. I don't know. Maybe it was the Mexican night, whatever. Like, I feel like God may be doing something. I think so often we see it as like, so if this represents the, the uh, person or place we're going to engage with, engage with, with me, it represents that random activity. I think we often see it as like, oh boy, there it is. All right. And like, I'm going to come over here and sit down and I'm going to engage and like one-on-one, let's go, right? Like totally not a true picture of what's going on. Pardon me, sorry. (laughs) When we think that way, we're forgetting a rather important person. (laughs) The Holy Spirit is already there before I get there. So it's not, oh, there's that person. It's no, there's the Holy Spirit talking with somebody and he's inviting me to come join (laughs) this is cool holy spirit what are you doing right here not like what are you doing here but like what are you doing (laughs) i'm excited (laughs) show me y'all i think all of us have this if you've grown up in church you have this idea and it's true of god invites us to dine with him and to join him in relationship and that's so true and that's so wonderful but it doesn't stop there every day god's saying hey i'm doing something to the people around you why don't you Again, I don't, obviously not the Holy Spirit. We just act this out. Like He's like, hey, I'm doing something. Come sit down. Come join me. Y'all, we have an invitation. Think about that. The God of the universe invites you to join him on the journey. He wants to do some really cool things. Let's start taking the invitation. Y'all with me? God, thank you for inviting us to join you. Thank you that you're at work. Thank you that you're doing big things. And man, you, you want to give us the joy and the experience of doing those things with you. So Lord, may we be bold and may we follow you wherever you lead us. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Journey Podcast. You can learn more about The Journey by checking us out on Instagram or Facebook. Just search for at the journey LBK.